We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek here, back for another episode, guys. And today we're going to talk about five Indianapolis Colts who we think need to take the biggest steps forward this next season. Now, obviously, the Colts have playoff Super Bowl aspirations for this season. And so, in our opinion, these players, and we do have five specific players at specific positions. There may, there, we may mention more than one player on one of these positions, but specifically there's a few players that we're going to talk about as well, but five different guys here, uh, five different positions that we're going to discuss. And so uh, who is the first guy to hear Derek for that you think needs to step up and why? Well, I think the obvious answer to this is Matt Ryan, because, you know, we've talked about it all off season, how, the quarterback position was one of the many reasons why the Colts ultimately failed to make the playoffs last year. And you need better upgraded quarterback play in order for this team to succeed and get to the point where it feels like it is at. And with Matt Ryan, we know his resume. We know his pedigree. We understand the kind of veteran that he is. You know, it's time to you know, bring some of that pedigree to Indianapolis and hopefully get this offense to be a little bit more fine-tuned and more balanced in a way uh, and more dominant in the passing attack and not allow us to continue to be in, in streaks of where we're only passing or only rushing and causing the team to just go flat. So for that specific reason, I mean, Matt Ryan has to be the guy this year. I mean, the Colts... This roster is ready to go. This roster is is about as well built as almost any other team in the league. And, you know, the quarterback, unlike the rest of the quarterbacks in the AFC, it seems like Matt Ryan is the a veteran of this group. So, you know, does he have uh, something left in him? It's time to go prove that. Yeah. And even look at last season with Atlanta. Now I get it. You know, Matt Ryan didn't have a whole lot around him, right? He really had Kyle Pitts, and that was about it, honestly. Um, but I think a couple nitpicks of things you would like to see go up this next year with the Colts. You know, didn't quite eclipse 4,000 passing yards this last year. 
and only had 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. So you'd like to see that ratio maybe even maybe get a little bit better next season. I'm thinking mid 20s in terms of touchdowns or more, um, and maybe the interceptions down a little bit. No, those are small nitpicks. I know Matt Ryan had to play a lot of hero ball last year with that roster that he had, but I think yeah, I think you just need him, you know, obviously to step up from where the Colts had last year, but even just. His last season, what is it, his greatest? You'd like to see him kind of have a nice bounce back year there. And you said, I mean, we talk about it all the time, Derek, right? Like, it, it, you live and die by your quarterback play. We saw that, unfortunately, last year down the stretch when the Colts didn't have good quarterback play. It really ultimately bit them in the butt. And the reason why they were sitting on their couch just like we were watching the playoffs. So, yeah, quarterback play is the most crucial. So we thought we would list that first. You know, the second one here, Derek, is not just specifically one player. I think it's... Honestly, going to be between two players, uh, Bernard Ryman and Matt Pryor. Whoever starts at left tackle, though, needless to say, uh, they need to step it up. They need to have a big season um, for this Colts team to, to do well. And, you know, it's been very noted how poor Eric Fisher was last year at left tackle when it comes to pass protection. You know, he was a really good run blocker, but at the end of the day, if you can't pass protect, you're not really that good at left tackle specifically. So uh, the Colts really need that step up. And and obviously, you know, last year, Matt Pryor had a really good season for the Colts. Kind of came out of nowhere when the Colts traded, you know, a seventh round pick for him right before the season. Everybody's like, what do you expect? And I think he just, you know, exceeded everybody, including our expectations. Um, and that was great. But now he's transitioning to left tackle, which is a completely different ballgame than right tackle and right guard. So. He's going to have to step it up. And Bernard Ryman, I think, has a legit opportunity to compete and win that spot in training camp. So regardless of who it is, I think they just need to step it up. They need to have a really, really good season. Uh, they need to be able to protect Matt Ryan's blindside, be able to open holes for Jonathan Taylor, do all those things uh, that, honestly, the left tackle position last year wasn't able to do consistently. So what are your thoughts on left tackle between probably these two guys here and, and their need for the Colts here to step it up? I mean, Anthony Costanzo was the head front of this Colts offensive line for uh, several years. And, you know, he's been a staple of that left side. You know, he was never a, an amazing left tackle, but he was always there. He was always consistent. And, you know, he very rarely uh, got, you know, embarrassed by any defensive lineman out there. And now you're in a situation where after his sudden retirement, now you're in a situation where you need to figure things out. Obviously, Eric Fisher did not work out for you because you saw how horrific he was in pass blocking. And you mentioned it, that it, you can be as good at run blocking as you want, but if you can't protect the quarterback on his blind side, you're you're never going to be a starting left tackle in the league uh, for a long period of time with any team. So, uh, <clears throat> honestly, I don't think it could get much worse for the Colts than what we just saw last year when it came to the pass blocking situation. Uh, it's a great thing that Ballard went and got depth, you know, to be able to have that competition. I mean, all the, uh, all the, all the pressure is on for, uh, for Matt Pryor at this point, you know, cause he's the guy he's been told, Hey, you're going to be the guy that starts this thing out. You're going to get the first crack at these. And if, you know, if, you don't, if you don't get brought into the fold in the starting mix come week one, then you know you failed. You know, so yeah. and like you said, left tackle is a completely different ball game than what right guard and right tackle are. So it is a completely different thing. But you know, it also helps knowing you have uh, Quentin Nelson there to your right as well. So you always feel a little bit more comfortable 
uh, being next to a guy like that. So we'll just have to see, but you're right. I mean, the left tackle position, it was really the Achilles heel to the Colts offensive line last year. And you certainly hope, whether it be Ryman or Matt Pryor, that both of them can just have consistent uh, play out there. And if they can just be consistent and they can at least make sure that Matt Ryan's not getting pressured every other drop back, then we could see this offense become a lot more explosive. Yeah, I mean, you saw last year how many times did Eric Fisher miss a block or get beat? And, you know, you, I think I always think of that Tampa Bay game, man. How, what would have happened, you know, if he, if he, he would have held up there and Carson Wentz doesn't get strip sacked, Tampa Bay takes over and they go and score. Yeah. That changes the whole trajectory of that game, right? But if you were able to go down and score, I don't know if that's really a ball game. Honestly, I don't. Uh, so I think left tackle is that important to to figure out your blind side and and get a guy in there that can be competent and can, you know, you're going to face some really good pass rushers this year. You're facing the AFC West, right? So you're going to have to have somebody step it up and do a good job. And whether it's Ryman or whether it's Pryor, I personally don't care. I, I just want Matt Ryan to be vertical. I want him to be upright. That's all that matters to me. Um, so, you know, you could also throw in Danny Pinter there at right guard. I think that's a little bit of an easier transition. You know, left tackle is so important and, and so much more difficult, honestly, all things considered. But um, another thing that I think needs to step up on this offense is the young weapon, specifically the number two wide receiver, right? We all know what Michael Pittman Jr. did last year, had a breakout sophomore campaign, but Colts right now, um, they drafted Alec Pierce in the second round. They like what they see from him. They have a guy like Paris Campbell. They have a guy like Ashton Doolin. They have Kiki Kuti. You know, they have some young guys like Desmond Patman, Mike Strawn, but the Colts really need to give Michael Pittman some help at wide receiver. They need some of these young guys to step it up. They need specifically a guy to emerge into that number two role. I think the favorite for a lot of Colts fans will be Alec Pierce. I think he has a great opportunity to do this, but he is still a rookie, right? So the Colts need more help for Matt Ryan, more consistent weapons for Matt Ryan this season. And uh, hopefully one or multiple of these guys step it up and really take over that number two wide receiver position this season. Yeah, I mean, the wide receiver position, we talked about Michael Pittman right before the show. And, you know, we know Michael Pittman's going to be the number one. We know that he's going to get his uh, with everything going on. And, you know, Matt Ryan's been making a great connection with him in minicamp and OTA so far. Uh, but outside of that, still just unprovenness, you know, I mean, and that's this is another position that, again, the Colts outside of, you know, a draft pick with Alec Pierce, which you hope is going to translate to be either that number two or number three wide receiver for you. I mean, outside of that, you you, you haven't you still haven't addressed that position. You know, I mean, and they, they had their chances to get some of the big name wide receivers, but. You know, with the quarterback situation the way it was uh, at the beginning of this offseason that made that very difficult. And now, I mean, you still got uncertainness with these young players that either are not experienced enough or not uh, trained well enough or just have some injuries. And, I mean, so far, no injuries so far for these guys. And, you know, through many camps, they've been doing really well. So you certainly hope that somebody like a Pierce or a Campbell guys that have those speed that have the size and the ability to just be able to make big plays. I mean, Matt Ryan is a guy that understands defenses so much better. He's going to know 
when guys are going to be open, where guys are going to be open, and how to get them open. And you just hope that, I mean, again, I've, I've been on the Paris Campbell hype train for a long time, and obviously through all of this, I still am. I think that, honestly, if he stayed healthy, then you know, the Matt Ryan's going to have a field day with defenses with how Paris Campbell moves. I mean, teams are not ready for that speed on the uh, in the slot. I promise you they're not. But, you know, Alec Pierce, he's got to step up too. You're a second-round wide receiver. You know, it, you were brought in to potentially be that number two behind Michael Pittman. And, you know, you play a lot like Michael Pittman. So... Let's see. Let's see who gets it. I mean, you mentioned it also with the younger weapons, and we can get, obviously we mentioned it before how we could have potentially talked about them as well. But you know, I just felt like the wide receiver position was so important because last season you saw the number one receiver, Michael Pittman, had what was it like 500, 700 more receiving yards than the next leading receiver, and that can't happen again. I can't. It just that is just not something that can continue to happen for this team if they want to continue to remain successful offensively and develop a passing game. And if if Michael Pittman's going to be the leading receiver by 700 yards and nobody else is getting 500 receiving yards, then we're then we're going to be in the same situation we were last year. But hopefully somebody else steps up this time and remains healthy and we can make things work that way. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, we got three down. We got two more to go. The two left are on the defensive side. Uh, the first guy we got to talk about is Quiddy Pay. Now, Quiddy Pay had a pretty good, solid, I would say, I guess, rookie season. You know, nothing flashy, four sacks. Um, was really good, according to PFF last year. Um, but all that to say, he could have been better, right? There were things that Quiddy Pay can't improve on, just like anybody can improve on. Um, and I think he has an opportunity here now with Yannick Ngakwe on the other side uh, to really get one more one-on-one opportunities, right? To really be able to step it up in a lot of ways to hopefully double, if not more, his sack total from a season ago, continue to develop as a pass rusher because he did have some things he, he had to work on, right? Coming in as a rookie. And, you know, this year with the new defensive line coach, Nate Ollie, I think he has a great opportunity. And also just this system of Gus Bradley typically favors the pass rushers. Um, so I think Quiddy Pay has a great opportunity. I could probably throw Dio Adangbo in here as well if I wanted to, but really Quiddy Pay is going to be that guy on the other side starting week one. And I think uh, the fact that you got Yannick Ngakwe is great for your defense, but Quiddy Pay has got to take advantage of the opportunities he's going to be presented, Derek. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is uh, exactly the kind of thing that Quiddy's probably dreaming of. You know, you now have a guy on the other uh, side that is a very well-respected edge rusher in this league and you have to account for Yannick Ngakwe and you can't just go with uh going against Quiddy Pay and now he knows that all that attention is now going to go to DeForest and Yannick so the amount of one-on-one opportunities he's going to have even more now is going to go through the roof so if you're Quiddy and you're taking that next leap then this is the season, you know, you could be approaching the double digit sack mark, you know, and that's the kind of situation that we've found ourselves in. Uh, I always said last year, I thought it would be uh, un- uh, unreasonable to think that Quiddy could get double digit sacks last season. But I think this season could be the season where he gets close. I don't think he's going to actually get double digit sacks, but I think this year 
you could see seven, eight sacks from him this year. And I think that's an important thing for him to continue to harness. You know, you, if, if you're going to be what the Indianapolis Colts were 15 years ago with guys like Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis at the helm, that dynamic duo of a pass rush that left every team that they faced in fear and Quiddy is going to need to be the guy that steps up with the presence of now a Yannick Ngakwe on the other side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pass rush matters, man. Pass rush absolutely matters. Quiddy's get, you know, figures to be a big part of that. And I think, you know, Quiddy's development or lack of development is really going to either propel this defense into top five category conversation or maybe middle of the pack, honestly. I think pass rush is that important. And the Colts need consistent pass rush, something that they've lacked for the last five to ten years. So, uh, all that to say, Quiddy Pay, it's your time to step it up. Um, time to take advantage of all the one-on-one opportunities you're going to get this season, thanks to Yannick Ngakwe and DeForest Buckner. All right, last guy on our list here we got to talk about. That's Julian Blackman. Let's talk about Julian Blackman. Coming off that injury, this dude is a freak when it comes to recovering from injuries. But the Colts missed his presence last year. And now even more with Kari Willis hanging it up. Julian Blackman now, um, he is the veteran in terms of longevity with the Indianapolis Colts, right? He's been in this system the longest, which is crazy because he was only drafted in 2020. But Julian Blackman, we know what he can do when he's on the field, but he needs to be on the field. He needs to be a leader. He needs to step it up here in year number three and really take that leap like we saw from a Michael Pittman last year, like we saw from Jonathan Taylor, right? It's Julian Blackman's time to take that leap into, you know, going from a really, really good rookie season to maybe into that great to elite conversation, dare I say it. I mean, he certainly has the talent to be put into that conversation. You're right. Just ultimately, he had the issue with just remaining healthy for that last year. And I mean, we knew in 2020 when he was coming back from that injury, Uh, that he suffered in December of 2019 in the bowl game, that set his recovery back a lot. Even though he played all year long, he he never had the time to actually get in football shape before the season started. So he was really just doing it as he went along. And he said all the time that, you know, I just, I was dead. I was just beat, you know, because I wasn't in shape before the season started. And to think he was able to do that while not being in shape, I mean, just think what this guy can become. And you said the importance of this guy now is so big because Corey Willis, your other starting safety, is now gone. You know, you're. it's amazing to think you're right. He is the veteran of the safety room when it comes to being in the Colts system, which is really strange to think about given the fact that he's only entering year three. And now, you know, you got guys like Rodney McLeod that you're going to have to listen to and help get uh, accustomed to Indy. Uh, You got Nick Cross coming in now, who's going to be playing alongside you several times this next year. You know, you're in a situation now where he has to be ready and he has to be available. And you said it before, he is back to doing full-on workouts at this point with the team. So that's great to know. And that going into training camp, he's going to be healthy and ready to go for that. Uh, so Julian Blackman, when we saw what happened with the secondary multiple times throughout the year, especially when he wasn't in there, the secondary really lacked that ball that ball hawk in the backfield at times. 
And having that around, especially against some of these teams in the AFC West, like you mentioned, it's going to be so important for him to be readily available and to make his presence felt in a secondary that at times is looking for a turnover guy. You know, we don't have a ton of those. You know, Kenny Moore, uh, Kenny Moore and uh, Stephon Gilmore, they're lockdown guys, but they don't really get a lot of turnovers anymore. You know, Kenny gets a few, Stephon might get a few. You know, Isaiah Rogers showed he has that potential. But in that safety room right now, who do you trust to be the who do you trust to be the ball hawk back there, right? And be the enforcer. Right now, that's going to have to be Julian Blackman until somebody else proves otherwise. Yep. So, the guys, that is our list of the five Colts that we believe need to step it up here in 2022. If the Colts want to make any noise in the AFC and the AFC South, and potentially, who knows, you know, make a noise in the playoffs, the Colts will have to have some of these players, if not all of them, take some big leaps here and really help to lead this organization to where they need to go. It's going to be a tough battle because the AFC is loaded right now with talent, with young quarterbacks, and the Colts are going to need all hands on deck if they want to make that you know, jump and, and if they want to win the division for the first time in a long time. So, guys, let us know your thoughts on these five or six players. Let us know in the comments your thoughts on them. Who would you say is the most important? Do you think it's the quarterback like we do? Do you think it's a guy like Quiddy Pay, Julian Blackman? Let us know in the comments. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Almost to 12K. So if you guys are still watching or still listening, wherever you are, um, if you would do us a favor and you would like and subscribe and all that good stuff and help us reach our goal, we'd very much appreciate it. Uh, we're getting very close. I actually haven't checked here recently, but I think we're getting close, Derek. So I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, so excited for all the support you guys bring us. Greatly appreciate it. Less than 300 subs away now. So Wow. Make sure to hit uh, hit us all the way to 12K and beyond, guys, and then we'll have all those giveaways ready for you guys whenever we get that chance. Yep, giveaways are coming soon right at 12K. Um, and also, if you're just listening on Apple Podcasts or whatever, be sure to drop us a review. I appreciate all the feedback we've been getting recently on our podcast, You know, ways that we can improve, ways that we can add more content, all that stuff. Always appreciate hearing from you guys. But that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.